Joe, I, I remember not being alive yet for the beginning of the Ghostbusters. I say just... it's, it's impressive you remember not being alive. <laughs> I we, knew you were going to do that. We do talk about how like you remember being like three years old. I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> shit until like I've been enrolled in a school. So it continues. You continue to amaze me, sir. <laughs> well, I think that's part of it. I remember not being alive for Ghostbusters debut in 1984. Uh, also did not remember its spinoff sequel, the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Mm -hmm. September 13th, 1986. Do you remember where you were, Joe? Uh, September 13th, 1986. I was roughly at this point. Uh, what? Nine to ten months old. Somewhere in there. Uh, because I was born in the winter of 86, uh, as, as some listeners and people may know. So I am less than a year old at this point, and very, very foggy is where my memory is. So my guess <laughs> is um, at home, half off of my couch, and somehow sleeping. I wasn't alive yet. Um, I would not be on the earth for another two months yet. Ooh. Uh, I would, however, be around for the end of its run, which would have been uh, October 5th, 1991. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I still can't believe that a spinoff of a movie lasted five years. Yeah, pretty impressive, right? Yeah, that's incredible, mm -hmm. man. It was produced, of course, as we mentioned in episode one of this show by yep. Columbia Pictures Television, mm -hmm. uh, Deke Enterprises, and distributed by the Coca-Cola Telecommunications. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola Telecommunications, second only to the Pepsi Naval Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping your seas safe with, with sugary beverages. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Yeah, but I, I have to, like, uh, definitely... Honestly, my earliest memory of Ghostbusters is Ghostbusters 2. I think that's the first thing I watched when I was younger. I think it was uh it was on like a I think a, a TV airing is when I remember seeing it. And then I watched the first then I find out about the cartoon. I get like a because my 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 parents used to record stuff for my brother on Saturday morning cartoons. So they go, "Hey, you know there's a cartoon of that that we've got a whole tape of." I'm like, "Oh, let's watch that. This will be great." And then, of course, at that time, like the cartoon is actively still going. So I get to actually watch the cartoon for a few more years. Granted, by the time I got to it, um, it had started to decline already when I remember new episodes as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Because the, yeah, the original they, run was the real Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. It would then get rebranded as Slimer and the real mm -hmm. Ghostbusters later on for seasons four through seven. Yep, because yeah. basically they had, they decided that kids were no longer interested in being like scared anymore from because that was like like when you watch the original um cartoon, there are some legitimate creepy characters in that yeah. uh, for ghosts and like that again that was the idea like they should be ghosts they should be scary, um and this will draw the children in, yeah and it it did for a while there it was working, yeah I. I I remember being creeped out. I mean, I so there there's a couple things like I like to say that are going mm -hmm. they're really going well for this this series. First off, the voice actors are some of the most legendary. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lorenzo Music, who unfortunately, you know, the voice of Garfield, he would pass away. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have uh more Maurice Lamarche, mm -hmm. Frank Welker, 
Frank Welker, yeah, yeah. Megatron himself. Yes, uh, uh, Ray Stance. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, Arsenio Hall, who beat out Ernie Hudson for the voice of, of Winston. Yep, because Ernie <laughs> Hudson was told he doesn't sound like Winston enough. <laughs> yeah. But Columbia, he's like, but I, I am Winston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Lorenzo Music would be popularly replaced by uh, Dave Coulier, mm-hmm. uh, and that would be from, our, I think, yeah, and it's like, who does Arsenio Hall get replaced by? Uh, is it Buster Buster, Jones? Maybe Buster Jones might be right. I think Buster Jones is who it was, but I, I I am trying to remember. I think, I think that's who I remember seeing in the credits because I watched the Mm -hmm. damn show so many times. (laughs) I think it was, I think it was, (laughs) I think it was him though. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right though. I mean, it was such a creepy show. Um, I, I know a lot of people who, who got freaked out. Um, I mean, well, I got freaked out by uh, by any character on the show who had like that gasping voice. Oh yeah, if you remember, oh. <laughs> spoke like this. Mm-hmm. Anyone who spoke like that freaked me out. As oh a kid. yeah, yep. My my favorite character definitely had that. Uh, my I guess my favorite character, my favorite villain, definitely had that on the show. And that that was the that was their rendition of the boogeyman. Um, he started with a very very like raspy voice with that, and then they uh. I don't want to say lined it up for his second episode, but it was definitely more, I feel like more gravelly than raspy. Uh, when yeah. had the, the, the boogeyman returns uh, as opposed to the boogeyman cometh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, Oh, the whole, their concept of the boogeyman was fantastic in that show. He's got this, the creepy goat legs, uh, an undersized body and by undersized body. He's it's still a fairly big body. But then just a massive head and a huge jaw with these big sharp teeth, yeah. uh, a crazy, crazy mullet going on. <laughs> it was um, the eighties, you know. It was the eighties. <laughs> they had mullets. It was a thing. I assume he had an eye rock somewhere in his dimension that he <laughs> yeah. drove around. It was a big place. Um, but yeah, God, I just remember it was this weird, weird thing where that episode creeped the hell out of me as a kid, and I loved it. I kept coming back every time. I would like. I'm surprised I didn't wear that tape out with how much I watched that one episode over and over again. I mean, the stakes were high. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on his turf. Yep. Right. It's like it's like total like Monsters Inc. vibes, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they go into his plane and they're figuring things out. Yep. And and that episode isn't that the one where they like chain the proton packs together to create an explosion that seals. They do. Yeah. In, yeah. Which, of course, like the. I mean. The obvious like hole in that idea. I mean, they do it because like they have to do something big to actually close the boogeyman off. So because he's yeah. he, the argument they have in the show is he's not a ghost, so he can't go in the trap. Yeah. And because it's a kid's show, we're gonna throw out the fact that these are nuclear accelerators that to just burn him to a crisp because he's not a ghost. Yeah. Um uh, and just say like like the stuff hurts him, it'll push him back, but we, we have to figure out something else because we can't trap him. So the idea is lock him in his own dimension so he can't get out anymore and the first time they use the proton packs in his dimension they become fireworks so they're still kind of explosive but they're not nearly the power that they would be back in the real world or our dimension so when you chain them all together and then you set them off with the ghost bomb that they have why isn't it just more fireworks we're not gonna it was we're not going to get too into that because it was no, the eighties. No, no, it yeah, was a weird time. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and I mean, most of the issues solved in the real Ghostbusters was just reversing the polarity. Yep. 
that was that yep, reverse the polarity <laughs> um but <laughs> things that the show does like i love that it basically it does kind of it it, it takes place between ghostbusters one and ghostbusters two for the most part yeah even then they take some liberty with that because you've got um I think Citizen Ghost is the episode where they refer to the original movie because in this episode, it's really, really cool where it starts as a flashback to right after they, they, they take care of Gozer. So they come in in the jumpsuits from the movie, the all tan yep. jumpsuits that they have. And then the, the, the covered firehouse covered in marshmallow. The firehouse has the, has the, has the roof blown off still. Yep. And Janine's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot like, because all the stuff that went down with Gozer, your new, your new um, jumpsuits came in, yeah. and then it shows like, oh, this is how they get the uh, the more colorful jumpsuits. It's kind of it's, it's a fun little nod to that, or uh, explanation as to why they have so, the, why they look different in the cartoon. But yeah. then it turns out that they were supposed to destroy the old um, jumpsuits because of all the residue left on them, and all of basically it's Gozer remains, so it still has a charge to it from from Gozer that they need to get rid of it. And this was Peter's job. And Peter yeah. being Peter didn't do it. <laughs> so like uh, in the middle of the night, uh, suddenly the box starts like shaking and glowing. And then the suits just start getting up out of it and start walking all by themselves. And suddenly you get these ethereal spectral versions of the Ghostbusters themselves uh, inside of the pa uh, inside of the suits. And they start moving around. And this is, one of two references to to Gozer in the show that I that I that I can recall, um, and the other yeah. one is they have to they use the Stave Puffs Marshmallow Man in yep. like a parade or something, yeah, and so they have to pull him out of the containment unit, even though like well they he's, blew him up. <laughs> he's a he's a massive like puppy dog though. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. he's he's not the manifestation of Gozer anymore. No. He's he's just like some he's just like a dude you'd invite to a party to help bring the keg in now. <laughs> yep, pretty much. He's, he is basically for, for our, uh, for our friends of the podcast who've watched the suicide squad. Um, he's King shark as a, as a massive yeah. state of marshmallow man at this point. Yeah. So that's, those are our two go goes references we get to the show. So those are the closest connections we get to the movie. Um, and then ghostbusters two comes out, later on in the season so eventually lois tully does make his way to the show he I does believe. yeah yep. he does uh mm -hmm. and i'm trying to remember how many episodes he's in but he's not I mean, a lot yeah, yeah. I, the thing i thought was really interesting about mm -hmm. the real ghostbusters was that it, it does give some some extra character development to mm -hmm. to people that i mean take it or leave it for some but for me like i actually thought it was kind of cool they had some heartfelt episodes yeah um mm -hmm. was it the one um there's this one where like you know you know how peter's always money obsessed and like oh yep mm -hmm. but but there's that one episode where they go to like an old lady's house and like he just sees something in her that reminds him of like you know whether it was his mom or something mm -hmm. and like he does the job for free yep and it means a lot to him and like mm -hmm. he, and you can tell that like he's he's going through something yep and like this is the same peter that you just talked about who forgot to destroy the suits because he was too lazy yeah. mm -hmm. and and he's having a heartfelt moment now yep <laughs> with or, this lady or even the uh the christmas episode where we meet peter's dad oh oh yes yeah. yes he, he, like you find out his dad's like a con man and like he's huge con man <laughs> 
and classic so like, 80s. <laughs> yep. And then like as you watch that and then you see Peter and how like he hates Christmas because of his dad. Yeah. And for as bad as sometimes you can think Venkman can be for like, yeah, he's he's obviously just in this to make money. That's always been his thing. You kind of see where he gets it from and how at the same time he has toned it down considerably from what his dad does. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, his dad is like the classic uh, con man who's got like the, the, the crazy like hair parted over thing, you yeah. know, comb over dude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and but it was fun that they had the liberty to do that. Yep. Like you, you could take mm-hmm. these characters who were, you know, fixed to a movie, mm-hmm. and then and then start to build. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was fun. Again, like to go back to the Boogeyman episode, you get great Egon character building in that because you find out the Boogeyman's the reason he even got into the supernatural because he would come out of Egon's closet at night and scare him through throughout his childhood. So that's why he decided he needs to study this and figure out what's going on. And it's like, okay, well, that's a cool little thing. But like, then you get the second episode of The Boogeyman. And it starts off, which, by the way, at that point in time, uh, in, that, in that, which I think is season two, like the show actually got a considerably larger budget for the animation. So mm-hmm. the animation is actually, like, I think, borderline 80s animated movie like level quality. And you've got the Ghostbusters on a roof trying to like get this like really creepy one-eyed ghost trapped. Egon gets thrown off the roof and almost dies, uh, and seems completely fine like on the surface when when they finally catch the ghost. And then you figure out like it's actually affected him way more than anyone realizes, and even allows him to like actually like say because um, I think at one point, I think Winston asked him, like, hey, man, you okay? You scared or anything? And Peter's like, Egon, are you kidding me? The guy's a rock. He's totally fine. And Egon goes with it. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That doesn't, like, I'm totally fine. And then you figure out, like, he actually is panicking a lot from the whole thing. He can't sleep. He uh, tries watching. He watches, like, an old horror movie that he's like, what am I doing? This thing, like, I'm I'm not, why am I afraid of this movie? And yet he's afraid of the movie. And yeah. his fear becomes so intense, that's what lets the boogeyman bust out of his his trap dimension. And he comes back into the fold there. So yeah. and then and then Egon has like his like Jennifer Lopez enough moment where he's just mm-hmm. like, like, yep, like, dude, I I've I've I'm smarter than you now. Mm-hmm. You know, hear yep. me roar. You know, he <laughs> you know, the only thing missing was him like tearing his shirt open, you know, like <laughs> It was still Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Come on, yeah. brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but an Egon voice, right? Like, <laughs> uh, can you even do that? Like, think of like, okay, can you get like the guy who voiced Egon? Like, if we if we could somehow get um get him on the show, I think the one thing I'm asking, like, could you do Egon as Hulk Hogan busting out of <laughs> busting out of the restraints? You know, if Mar- Maurice Lamarche wants to show mm-hmm. up on this program, I'm I'm fine with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's an open door. Yeah. Um, you know, I was trying to do uh, Egon impressions as Maurice Lamarche a little while mm-hmm. ago. I, I would not try to debut it now because I haven't done it <laughs> long enough, so I'd be ad libbing mm-hmm. it. But um, I remember watching him because he also does voices for Futurama. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if you can if you can do one of his Futurama voices, mm-hmm. you can most likely do Egon. Yep. It's really weird. I, I I tried it. I tried it. I did. Because <laughs> he voices Kiff on, you know, mm-hmm. on Futurama. So if you can do the, uh, 
You can most likely do the Egon. Eh, I'm not going to try it. We're not going to do it. No. You can most likely do it. I tried it. It's a scale. It slides. So mm -hmm. it, it worked. It was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So you've got legendary voice actors. I mean, there's some money behind it, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. One of the episodes that really scared the piss out of me was the Colette Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, the like mm -hmm. the the goddamn Necronomicon gets stolen yeah. from the, the public library. <laughs> Which why is that in the public library? <laughs> Who would do that? Okay, we find this really old book. I mean, it in my my imagination, it always had a mouth or, or a face on it, and it could eat you. And like, you know, what we'll do we'll put in the public stacks. That's fine. Anyone can anyone can check this out. Yeah, it's not even in the restricted section. It's just no. like. It's like it's like nope. You just yeah. you just scrubbing through things and like yeah. it's like Hermione yep. doesn't even have to like sneak around at night to get the book. No, she can just walk right up. Like, hello, can I have a Necronomicon? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. by the way, Leviosa, and then she yeah. saunters off. The love of my life, Emma Watson. Yeah. Okay, a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, mm -hmm. I think what was really fun about that is like they appealed to the sensibilities of what mm -hmm. should scare the shit out of you. Yep. I mean, for me, Cthulhu is one of the scariest fucking works of fiction ever made. Yeah, uh, it is universe. It is a universe-ending monster. It is all and, like you're supposed to be at the end of existence, not just the planet. Everything. Cthulhu and he lives in the depths of the sea. Mm -hmm. Like no. I don't no. I don't want to read about that. I don't want to watch it. And then as a child, like I'm I'm like, you know, this is four years old, Mark. Like I've mentioned in previous episodes, this kid's still occasionally shitting himself. <laughs> and then you and then you show me fucking the collect call of Cthulhu, which by the way, collect call 19 fucking 87, 88. Like yep. collect calls are still a thing. <laughs> are they still a thing? I, you know, I wonder that too. It's like really no, no, are, they, they were then. Call? Oh, they, they were, were then, then obviously. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's now. like now it's like no, like because like if there's if there was a younger portion to our audience and you're you're lost in the collect call thing, it was a thing in the eighties where you could do a collect call and that way the I think well you did a collect call, they they eventually charge you for it, but you could yeah. scam it because you could do a collect call and then it would go to the person you want to talk to and they would tell them, Hey, you're getting a collect call from this person. And at that time, you were able to record your voice to say it was you calling so they'd know whether or not to accept the call. Yeah. And if you were trying to save some cash and fill the family in on some big things, uh, and they would say, please state your name for the collect call. And it was just a machine doing it. You could be hey, this is uh, Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. Yes, that was the and... old, yeah, that was an old commercial based yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a it's a fun little time capsule, I think, for what you could do successfully for a movie tie-in. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we mentioned, this was a seven-season show. They had like 140 episodes. Yep. I mean, it it was selling, you know, ecto cooler. It was selling the cereal off the shelves. Mm -hmm. I mean, the toys. I mean, oh, the God, toys, the toys. Man. Yeah, toys were freaking great. Yeah, if you if you hear someone talk about their toys from the 80s, the mm -hmm. Ghostbusters Kenner Firehouse remains is one of the like most iconic yeah toys ever made i still mm -hmm. have one complete yep. by the way mm -hmm. that's Love which that is that itself is something and if anyone actually has an ecto one from the 80s with both of its doors gold mine yeah one door always disappears always always and then, gone. and then there's always a sticker coming off or yep. you know whatever mm -hmm. yeah what have but, you mm -hmm. and yeah. another another like it was they did such a fun job like doing cultural things and even taking um simple ideas like you know like you'll have parents like you know what 
I just don't understand my kid anymore. He used to be such a good kid. And now he's this jerk of a teenager or a jerk of a preteen. And I just don't know what's going on. Well, in the real Ghostbusters, it could have been a ghost. There was a thing called a grundle. And it yeah. literally would come to like windows in the middle of the night, ask to be invited in. And yep. if you let it in, it started to influence you. And it turned good kids bad. And which also one creepy episode when you see like a kid, because that's another thing, because if you are influenced by a grundle long enough, you get turned into a grundle. Yeah. So, and which was a fun concept that made its way into the sequel series, the extreme ghostbusters, which you won't get too much into in the side stitch. And I think we could do, Maybe a season two, we can do a side stitch on the extreme Ghostbusters, which <laughs> yeah. as as dumb as the title sounds, honestly, that's the only dumb thing about that show. But, yeah. you know, it was it was the late 90s. Everything was extreme. The, yeah. That was just a, the name was simply a victim of the times. The it's show really, itself was quality. You saw extreme and you just thought, oh, yeah, this just got another extra dusting of sharp cheddar on it. OK, <laughs> no big deal. You know, in which case selling point for me, I'll take the extra <laughs> dusting of sharp cheddar. But yeah, um, they have a character from that show um, had an experience with a Grendel when she was a kid. It took one of her friends. She yeah. never saw him again. And they even talked to the Grendel from the original cartoon, which is a, which is a cool thing from the from the real Ghostbusters. Uh, but by the way, speaking of the real Ghostbusters, we haven't said why it was called the real Ghostbusters and not just Ghostbusters yet. Oh, yes. The story that's as yeah. old as time that uh, mm -hmm. for those in the know, they all know this story. They all do. But uh, but yeah, one of the issues of the Ghostbusters in the very beginning <laughs> was that, believe it or not, the name Ghostbusters was not an original term. No, it was uh, actually being held by a little thing called Filmation's Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. which uh, was a very, very different very program. Different. Yep. It uh, involved, I think it was two dudes maybe yeah. in trench coats with their handy sidekick some someone who by the way you would when you hear this you're gonna think hey that's not ridiculous they catch ghosts all the time and some of you won't may, you may think it's ridiculous their sidekick was a gorilla yeah which, and he would bring like, them clues he'd bring these guys clues that, that's yep. how the show would get kicked off that was like the whole thing it was like yep. hey our giant gorilla who wears a hat i think he had suspenders he probably had suspenders yeah, this this dude would come on up and just kick off every episode. It, it, I remember, I, I think my parents were confused mm -hmm. uh, because the first Ghostbusters VHS they bought for us was actually Filmation's <laughs> Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. They they had seen the movie, obviously it was like you know pop culture yeah. phenomena, mm -hmm. but they made the mistake and so they bought us the Filmation's yeah. Ghostbusters VHS. And what's even weirder is that. Before it was a cartoon, it was an attempted live-action show with a oh, dude in yeah. a gorilla suit. Yeah, 1975, I think. Yeah, and I think the only reason they even made the cartoon was because the movie came out for Ghostbusters. Yeah. There was an idea to make the cartoon. Filmation's like, wait, we still have the license to that name. Let's just do something to keep the license going. And so they produced the cartoon almost out of spite, to be honest. And it came and out the same year the real Ghostbusters did too. They were both out in 1986. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, so it was clearly that. <laughs> yeah, so Columbia TriStar was like, well, son of a bitch, we've already got this this thing rolling. What do we do to keep it going? So they put down 
the real Ghostbusters just to basically slap in the face of filmation. It's like, yeah, you've got Ghostbusters. We've got the real ones. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which as kids, we were all like, I I I I'm fine with that. It works I'm for me. Real. Yep. You give me ghosts, you give me the busters, done. It's all I need. Uh so yeah, like, and you can find actually, I was gonna say you like you can find um I think you can get the whole series in like a steel book for like 20 or 30 bucks off of I think Walmart sells it for that if you're you're okay with going to Walmart. I know some people don't like it, but um if you're like, you know what, I want to get into the show, but here's the deal, Joe. I don't like spending money at all, which is why we listen to your program because it's free. And if you're in that boat, they actually have them up for free on YouTube right now. And it's not like a like uh like there's a dude oh, in his basement like yeah. saying, like, no, I'm taking the man down. We're doing you can't stop the signal, guys. I'm putting Ghostbusters on YouTube. No, it's actually through Columbia TriStar. Yeah, I think it's just the, the official Ghostbusters channel. They've got, I, I think, at least the first season, the full first season up um, of the real Ghostbusters and the entire series of the extreme Ghostbusters because I think that only got one season, unfortunately. But you, yeah, so if you want to get into it, like you've got the first season up there, and if you want to get more of it, you can either, you know, go and buy the DVDs or if uh, you're not into the classic thing of physically owning stuff, Amazon prime i think sells the episodes or sells it by season so you can have the whole series digitally if you really want well what's nice about that was for the longest time you couldn't get them anywhere unless you had the original vhs's or no. uh i think time life released mm-hmm. uh, a dvd collection that was like shaped at the firehouse that you could get yeah mm-hmm. and and even then that didn't have every single episode i don't think because mm-hmm. there are some like lost episodes that they still put on there that like weren't completed or something yep um so for the longest time yeah like the real ghostbusters was it was like just not hard. out there yeah it was hard <laughs> to get which yeah, yeah by the way uh amazon prime walmart and uh time life not sponsors of digital section and your no, podcast no, no not at all not, not at all. all um but if we do push you if we do push you that direction and you do end up buying it why don't you tell them that we sent you yeah, not, that, not? not that we we did it on purpose i did it on just, purpose it's like we yeah. hey we got here because of these dudes um <laughs> And they'll be like, if they respond at all, they might say cool. Or or who are those guys? Yeah. One of the who, two. Who are these people and how much legal action do we have to spring on them? <laughs> yeah. Do we need a lawyer or just a letter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- one thing I will say about this show, kind of in in uh in in, in conclusion, you know, I, I will say that going back, the, the storylines are still pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, even if you're an adult going back and seeing it for the first time, very good storylines. Yeah. There's some stuff about it. It's corny. It's a cartoon. Sure. Uh, but I think the funniest part about this show is the fact that it was the eighties and they have so much eighties music that they made just for oh, the show. That plugs, plugs right in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's like I'm wearing jorts all over again in a hot pink, you know, tank top watching that. <laughs> uh one thing that also was great about this was the amount of ridiculous 80s merchandising that happened for this show um one thing that you can't see that i'm going to show mark that i'm sure he is aware of exist of its existence but may or may not have had himself was one of these for your car oh my god yeah so joe is showing me the real ghostbusters uh collapsible sun visor that you can attach to your window (laughs) 
So that way, <laughs> your babies who are big fans of the show, pointing right at me, uh, don't get sunburned in the car. And they can publicly announce to everyone that, hey, they ain't afraid of no ghost. And you know what? I'm fine with, with, the, with it because this is the thing that pretty much kept everybody focused on Ghostbusters to get a sequel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that it didn't it didn't really need a ton of help because, like I said, pop culture phenomena. But its place in history, I think it goes down as maintaining enthusiasm for an IP that could have easily died on the vine. Oh, absolutely. 